Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello everybody and welcome to Ramble Reacts. It's Friday 21st of July. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Andy Brassel. Oi, oi, it's Friday, Andy. Come on, the sun's out, you've got your guns out. What a day to be alive. <laughs> what is the deal with the keys to the weekend on Reacts? Oh, no, 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 the, the, the keys to the weekend are always there. Oh, there's just a, there's just a key for Reacts, is there? Not, no, not no, no, the no, no, keys. The, the same gate, it's the same set of keys, Andy. It's just a slightly different pod with a slightly different flavour, but okay. still bangs on the tongue like any other ramble pod. Magnificent. <laughs> it is a glorious day. Uh, we've got some uh, transfers to talk about. It is the season. Um, and uh, we're also enjoying the fact that uh, Vitushina Hantaraja is covering the ashes today and England are on top at the time of recording, Andy. At the time of recording, you will yes. be weeping into your duvet, <laughs> listeners, and thinking, oh, Friday morning, I wish it was Friday morning all over again at about uh, 6.45. At about 6.45. Andy, let's start with Manchester United because a new devil is arriving. Um, Andre Anana's move to Manchester United has been confirmed. Come on. See, he's, here we go, my giddy aunt, etc., etc. Well, we've done all that. Finally, again, right, okay. the transfer world has caught up with me. He's flown out to New York, New York, uh, to join Manchester United's pre-season tour. He'll be joining on a five-year deal. Manchester United pre-season tour, they've covered a lot of miles. They were in Edinburgh playing a game. We'll come to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Now they're in New York. But Andre Anana has managed to track them down, uh, and he's there. He is the new Manchester United number one, unless Dean Henderson and Tom Heaton can usurp him. It is unlikely, though, Andy. Yes. And Dean Henderson might not be there for much longer, you imagine, as uh, he realises that he's never going to be United's number one goalkeeper. But look, on Onana, I think this is one of those deals that is good for everyone, really. Well, apart from Ajax, because they didn't make any money off this at all. Um, yeah. But uh, I think Inter signed him a year ago for free. Um, he's had a great season for them, uh, played a huge role in them getting to the final of the Champions League and ended up with two loads of money they didn't expect. Um, one, in terms of the run to the the final and two in terms of selling a guy they got on a free transfer for 50 million this year so it's, it's pretty fantastic all round for Inter who have not been the most stable financially over the last little while so this this is a massive boost for them even though ideally they, they would have kept Anana um, but yeah I think he's, he's going to be a huge step forward for, for Manchester United we know that they've been looking for a specific type of goalkeeper for a long time um, he's a goalkeeper that Ten Hag knows very, very well. Even Plays if... the Ajax way, Andy, doesn't he? 
Well, not just that, the Barcelona way, because he came through the, the, the youth academy at Barcelona as well. So, Which is the Ajax way. Come on, original pirate material, bro. <laughs> original pirate material. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because so. I, I love the fact that he left the Cameroon <laughs> squad in the World Cup. What, you want me to hit it long? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it right. I'm off. See you later. He's, he's, he's pretty bloody-minded, it would, it would appear. So yeah. he needed to go to a club that suited his style. And Ten Hag's um, what would you, revolution at Manchester United? I don't know what word you would describe it. Rethinking of the whole... I think you call it you call it evolution, wouldn't wouldn't you? Evolution, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, he has been slowly, kind of, I say slowly. You know, he's last season was a big improvement, of course, but he's been getting it together. And this is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, De Gea had his critics, despite having great longevity and and been a brilliant player for Manchester United. But he but he he had the odd critic here and there, understandably so. When you're talking about elite goalkeepers, they have an elite goalkeeper. You would say in Anana. And that style of play, I mean, not only does he play out from the back, at times he's like, it's almost like Edison, really. Um, It's that sort of bracket, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think people when they say oh a goalkeeper's good with their feet, they think he's going to pass it to the centre half. Well, of course that's a part of it, hmm. but his range of passing, I mean, it's um, it's Ronald Koeman esque. Yeah, that, that's that's right. I mean, I think you're right in to make the definition there because there's one thing about a goalkeeper being good with his feet for a goalkeeper. Yeah, it's just like Rio Ferdinand was at the time a really great passer for a centre back. But mm-hmm. when they played him in midfielder, midfield, he looked like a defender playing in, in midfield. So yeah. th- th- there's a difference, isn't there? Um, there is. Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of getting your philosophy in place, this is really important for Ten Hag because if you think about the fact that um, like the, the, the signing of Casemiro, for example, mm. that that is a player where it's, it's, we're going to have to be practical in the short term. I'm not going to bring in my entire philosophy overnight because mm-hmm. I think he's he's someone who he's, he's obviously he's exceptionally good he's world class but he is a ratter he's what if you were a, a, a league one or league two team would call a ratter and I think that was really? important. seventy million United need seventy that. million ratter and yes he bloody is and I I, I I think that's I think that's really important because I think signing him. <laughs> And some of the other signings... Andy, I've got to stop you there. If you were interviewing him, would you say to the um, uh, multiple Champions League winner, Casemiro, by the way, um, in League One or League Two in England, they'd call you a ratter. Yeah, I'd I'd be comfortable with that. How would he take that? I think he'd be fine with that. (laughs) He's he's, he's a humble guy. I think he'd be all right with it. All right, fair enough. I interrupted you. Carry on. Yeah, I I think... I think what what has been one of the strengths of Ten Hag so far is he's realised you can't change it all overnight. That it is going to take time, and you know I, I think this is something that's sort of quite epochal. But I, I think moment defining, in that he's saying, okay, well, we're moving closer, we're edging closer towards what I want, and it is going to take time. But if we're going to create the, the full breadth of my philosophy, is maybe going to take a, a couple of seasons, but we're definitely moving to, towards that. And Anana was exceptional last season and you know I think we're in danger because he's he is he's a very good player with his feet just talking about that and, and not talking about like the fact that he's got presence 
the fact that he yeah. makes big saves in big moments. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that they're binning off like an incredible shot stopper to put in an inferior one who can just play football. It's, it's not like that, you know. It's not Claudio he's, Bravo, is what you're saying. Uh, no, 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 he's he's someone who. I know, I know, who really had to rebuild last year because, of course, it ended quite badly for him at, at Ajax. You know, he, he had to... He was, he was making a bit of a leap of faith at Inter. He arrived and he had to win his place in the team because Samir Handanovic was still incredibly important mm. to them. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a given. Everything he's done in the last season... Has, has been exceptional and he deserves this move. Well, I saw him the, the first really, you know, heard about this player, but that game or the two games against Porto in particular, the away uh, leg. Yeah, he was huge in the leg. end of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he got them through that time and it wasn't, don't want to overdo it, I think into a sort of reasonably good, I mean, you were at the game, of course, Andy, but you, you saw the, to, to have that cool head as well. I think it's not just about the big saves, it's about being the big character and to have such a cool head in a tie in which if Porto had have scored and they were threatening to do so, you would have fancied them an extra time. So yeah. he's, he's, he's there and he's gone far in the Champions League, so he's he's, he's proved his credentials there. Yeah, that's and, right. And it's, it's a phenomenal sign. And with regards to Ten Hag and the evolution and so on, you're saying he's getting closer to his philosophy, closer to what he wants to do at Manchester United presumably um, Johnny Evans is a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> so it seems. Um, I mean, we did knew you, Leicester... Were... Did you expect this? This well, is a lovely you, one, isn't it? We knew Leicester were getting plundered this season, um, this summer. <laughs> I, I, I didn't necessarily imagine that this would be part of it. It's kind of a little bit fairy tale-ish, isn't it? Like he, he, he turns up with his boots, oh, can I just keep fit here? Players never get yeah. signed when they go to their old club to, to keep fit, do they? It's incredible. I mean, 35-year-old Johnny Evans has been re-signed for Manchester United. Just stunning. On a short-term contract. On a short-term contract. Is that one in the eye for Harry Maguire, do you think? Well, I I guess you're thinking of new and inventive ways that you can say, get out. (laughs) This is is possibly one of them. I mean, the the problem with... He doesn't deserve that. no, No, but the problem with Maguire, as everyone knows, is because United qualified for the Champions League, Everyone gets a pay rise, which makes matching his wages even more difficult. Um, no one of a similar level to United is going to want him on the, the form of the last 18 months or so. so. I hope that he goes somewhere because this is just getting a little bit He's not a terrible player. He's not a terrible player, is he? No, he's, 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 he's just he's exactly, a good player exactly. who you know, yeah. was, was good for United for a bit and has had like a terrible spell of form that has lasted really quite a long time now. Indeed, yeah. But Johnny Evans, though, um, it is, it's, it'd be great to see him back at the club. And as you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, he was training with them. And Ten Hag was impressed with uh, with what he saw in training, um, which was to keep his fitness up during pre-season. It's a, a remarkable little story, that. I mean, it, it just it goes to show you, kids, that someone's always watching, OK? We spoke about this in uh, in the David Beckham profile with regards to Capello and Real Madrid. Well, there you go. And Evans also featured in Manchester United's 1-0 win against Lyon at Murrayfield, the rugby stadium, obviously, uh, in Edinburgh on Wednesday. At 2 o'clock we... on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> 2 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. What? I don't... Uh, yeah, uh, goodness knows. But Evans, he's already uh, contributed to a clean sheet. Uh, but more eye-catchingly in that game is Donny van der Beek scored the only goal. How about that? Yeah, I I think... Um, Two o'clock on a Wednesday, not a problem. Luke's had a word there, hasn't he? 
I think he has done, yeah. Um, yeah. Van der Beek said, it is hard to say where my future is. Well, we hope it is on a football pitch somewhere. Because we talk about Maguire and it's a bit of a shame what's happened to him and so on. I mean, Donny van der Beek, it, I, don't, I just don't get it. It's like, do you remember that? Um, well, of course you'll remember the Portuguese player Bebe. It's it's like that, isn't it? But Van der Beek showed what he could do in that. Had pedigree, yeah. It's one of the the, the oddest things. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. Andy. I want to talk about Fulham. I know you do. I know you do. Um, I enjoyed last season immensely. Fulham. Well, that that little 10. sigh killed me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banging on about how they finished at the top half. They finished 10th. Marco Silva, very, very important. Very crucial in, in getting Fulham to win the championship, uh, of course, and then keep Fulham up. Not just keep Fulham up, but really kick them on in the Premier League. Alexander Mitrovic has been crucial despite missing all those games. Mm. Um, and, and Joao Polina has been Fulham's player of the season. Um, it's, it's fair to say. Uh, in a matter of days, all three could leave the club. Now, Polina, West Ham, Fulham are keeping West Ham at bay at the moment. So, so, so he's the, the least likely. And I, I think they'll continue to do so. I think they'll continue. Well, they have to. They have to. The spotlight really is on Mitrovic and and it, and he's and, it, and he's turning to to Marcus Silva. So Alexander Mitrovic, we've spoken about him a number of times, uh, and his uh, proposed move to Saudi Arabia. He was very keen to move because he he would move from. I think he's on eighty grand a week at Fulham. He was being offered five hundred grand a week at Saudi Arabia, <laughs> um, which again is just worth repeating. Uh, and uh, but he believes that Fulham's fifty two million valuation of him. Um, has priced him out of a move to uh, to go and play in Saudi. And we were told that his relatives said that he would never play for Fulham again and that he had to be really um, convinced to get on the plane to go on the pre-season tour of them, da di da di da Now, I have one or two little sources inside that club, Andy. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and they think that it has been a little overplayed, that, that Mitch Rich was a bit miffed. Because mm-hmm. he was thinking that is the kind of pay rise that uh, 
that would make me, you know, build my own boat and 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 float over there because it's mm-hmm. it's just too good to be true. But he does. I I I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I do genuinely think that he loves Fulham and and playing there because for for a guy who was seen as a bit of a mad bastard when he came over at Newcastle and and mm-hmm. well, some people still think he is after what happened at yeah. Manchester United last season. But, but he was very young when he came over. I mean, he's still only 28 now. Um, and he has a, has a young family, of course. I think he genuinely has found a home in Fulham. And, he, and he, you know, he's, he's been relegated twice and he never left. There was a proposed move back to Belgium, I think, when Scott Parker was manager because he wasn't playing. And they said, no, come on, you are more important. They basically said, you're more important to us than Scott Parker. As we've shown, <laughs> Parker left the club and Mitrovic stayed. And, of course, um, broke the championship scoring record um, in uh, two seasons ago. Um, so I, I do think that, that Mitrovic, it would be unlikely if he said, I'm never going to play for Fulham again. This is, this is a load of nonsense. So I actually don't believe the reports and I and I think that what I've been told is probably more accurate however you know Fulham are still going to have to try and keep um, him at the club and sweet talking because he's obviously a little bit disappointed that he's not going to go there uh, unless the, the 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 bidding is increased but at the time of recording that's not happened how do you see this Andy uh, Luke was saying the other day that if a player wants to leave a club nowadays 99 times out of 100, they managed to push it through. Fulham seem to be standing firm on this. Do you think that's a wise thing to do? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I think there are two ways to look at this. Firstly, from Mitrovic's perspective, you can't blame him for his miffedness or whatever mm-hmm. because, I, I mean, basically, you're right, he has found a home at Fulham. But that also means at 28 years old, he ain't going anywhere better, is he? You know, no, he, 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 no. Is, he is a player who can probably score you 15 goals in in the Premier League and that's great that's very valuable but mm. the, the best he would get from this point onwards is a sideways move a, a maintenance of the sort of money he's, he's getting already so I, I can understand why he would want to take that opportunity I think the other half of this is what this really underlines and we've not seen it so much elsewhere or he's not really had the attention drawn to it elsewhere is the way that Saudi clubs are, are bidding for players is a, a little bit like a so a Real Madrid would do, you know, stick the mm-hmm. like going back years. They would stick the contract under the under under the player's nose through that agent or third yeah. party, and then make them do the work. So they don't really have to do the, the bidding because the player's already into it before they even make it make a bid. And what that means is they're lowballing clubs in terms of the sort of money. Now, um, Marcelo Brozovic, of course, who ended up at Al Nasser, who we might speak about in a bit. Um, like they ended up paying what twenty five million for him. Now I, mm-hmm. I know a lot around a lot of people around Inter who were like, "Did we really sell him for for that cheap?" Of course, he wasn't in favour the second half of the season. There was an issue between him and the club, particularly when he came back from the World Cup. But you're still talking about like one of the better midfield players in Europe who's still yeah. at a decent age. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is a similar thing. If Fulham are asking for fifty two million for him, if it was a Premier mm-hmm. League club. Like you think, yeah. okay, fair enough, but like, oh, we've seen what happened with Declan Rice. People think that yeah. was a huge fee. Well, well, that, that's what that's that's what you got to yeah. pay. And I think that I think that sometimes people don't realise this with 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 Premier League teams. They, you know, some people might say, well, what Saudi Arabia doing, or what the Premier League sort of currently does in Europe. But there are differences. I mean, Premier League clubs. Yes. 
Yes, I understand if you are, say, a Benfica fan or an Ajax fan or something like that, just to, you, to, to pluck those two. If you've got a player who is playing in the Champions League, who is going for league titles at two of the most historied clubs um, around, you, you might argue, or two, I mean, there's loads of historied clubs in Europe, but, but two in particular. You, you, mm. The history of those two clubs is enormous. Yeah. Um, and then they get a big bid from a side who are, you know, struggling in the relegation battle. They get a bid from somebody like, I don't know, Nottingham Forest, for example, yeah. who are in a relegation scrap. Now, Forest have got a big history, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, they sort of think to themselves, is that not a bit unambitious, maybe? I think they accept that. I, th- I think I think it's reality. Yeah. No, it is reality. But but yeah. but so I, so I understand if a fan of of say Benfica or Ajax to use those two see one of their players go to a Premier League side, and I've just plucked Forest there for example, but a side who are not really going to play in Europe, they're, they're struggling in yeah. relegation. Da da da. And Palace. the players done it. Some, someone like that. Palace maybe. Yeah. The players done it for the money, partly, yeah. and maybe as a stepping stone into something bigger. I can understand if they're a bit disappointed and they think bloody Premier League clubs with all the money and so on. And so people might say, well, Saudi are just kind of doing the same. Well, it's, it's not quite the same because Forest are a very different beast to say Al Nasser or El Etifak or something like that. Mm. They have a genuine... And you're also going to one of the best leagues in the world in the Premier League. With Saudi Arabia, when somebody goes there, they are just kind of falling off the football map, really. And it doesn't matter what Cristiano Ronaldo claims. Uh, when he said recently that the Saudi Pro League is better than MLS, I don't for, agree for, with for that. For the moment, but is is that is that really the case? If 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 everyone's going there, will that be the case in six months or or a year? I just, I, I just but I don't, I don't think, we, I, I don't think this is going to succeed, really. No, I think that what the Saudi Pro League. No, I, I think that in a couple of years' time, you might still see players going over there, but I don't think the league is going to. You know, people aren't going to suddenly start watching it in their droves, certainly not in Europe, but maybe think, that's not I their think, aim. I don't know. I think the issue is, at the moment, because they're, they're doing what, say, clubs had to do to, like, I, I don't know, if you look at Premier League clubs trying to get big players to come, mm. they, had to, they had to overpay. If you think of anyone at the start of, like, if you've got seemingly unlimited money at the start of some sort of dynasty, think of Chelsea... Think of uh-huh. Manchester City when they first got uh-huh. the the money in from the Emirates. You you have to overpay for players who aren't really worth yes. it. Now, the problem yeah. is when you do that, particularly on a league-wide scale, you set uh-huh. a level of expectation. So say if I'm like a good Premier League striker and in six uh-huh. months' time, when they've done all their money on ageing superstars and some uh-huh. you know very good but not quite elite-level talent... Say if you're a good Premier League striker and someone comes along and offers you like 10, 15 million a year, you're going to say, well, bugger off. No, Mm. that other guy's getting paid like 30 million a year. Like for anyone, there is a limit. I think that's that's the problem. You can't pay everyone in the squad 30 to 35 million a year. That's that's not possible for anyone. So I I guess like it's accelerating so quickly. It sort of seems inevitable but there will be a moment in like six months time or years time or two years time where there has to be some sort of stock take i think and you know is it possible to fulfill all of those contracts if you're paying Mm. like 12 15 guys 25 30 million a year i I don't know if it is yeah maybe and and also as well though with with say the the example of mitrovic 
Fulham don't have to sell him. They don't want to sell him. So yeah. they will stick to a price. Whereas yeah. Premier League clubs overpay, as you, as you say, to Portuguese sides or even Italian sides or, or whatever. The Italian sides, Portuguese, all those other teams from other leagues are quite happy to take that money. They're just, they're sad to see the player go. But look at Tonali. AC Milan will be sad to see him go, but they kind of go, well, you can't know, believe our luck. Money. Yeah, because they're not flush. Premier League clubs are flush. Fulham are flush with money. They don't need to sell Mitrovic. And I think that, mm. that, that, that this is a really interesting one. Now, Henderson hasn't gone yet, Jordan Henderson, mm. but they've agreed a deal. He's in the twilight of his career. It's obviously Liverpool exactly. are, are okay for him to go. Just you know, I'm just talking about the, the the transfer, not the um sort of morality around it. There's if you look at other players that have gone Chelsea, have let a load of their players go there, end of contracts, you know, fees and so on, absolutely fine, blah 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 blah. But this one is interesting. But 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 what? But let's turn our attention to Marco Silva. He is being linked with a move to Saudi now. Luke and I were talking about him the other day and I said well I think Silva apparently turned down the first offer because surely he's got a little bit more uh, intelligence if you like for want of a better word not to take it because he is an ambitious youngish manager in mid 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 40s he's been a little bit of a journeyman so far he could really set up shop at Fulham and use that and I know he's done this already but use it in a more genuine more thought out um uh, way to use that to go to a bigger club perhaps because he's got the quality I think he's a very good manager he's in the Premier League and so on if he goes to Saudi now if he takes that deal I just think to myself oh come on man like what where, where's your ambition kind of thing him in particular now he is being offered a deal worth reportedly 40 million pounds over a couple of seasons you know which is which is <laughs> astonishing money it Absolutely is. astonishing. And apparently his people are meeting with um, Al Ahli's uh, people as well in London, which suggests that he is interested. Now, it could be a case of, all right, let's just hear them out. Yeah. But I think if he goes, that will be particularly... With Mitrovic, I get it more. You know, it's not going to stop him being called up from Serbia. As you say, maybe in his career right now, Fulham is the ceiling, or if it's not, it's only a little bit it's above close. that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas, considering what they did last season, whereas Silver, would you be disappointed in him? I mean, you might not be surprised, but would you be disappointed in him uh, in terms of ambition if he went there? No, honestly, I, I, I would, I wouldn't care. I, I think it's like up to him. Um, no, but okay, I understand it's up to him, and it's I'm, not a, you're not going to lose a, any sleep. Not, I get not, all that. It's not, it's not a Jordan Henderson situation. He hasn't come out and yeah, it's but very... in terms of ambition. You, you, you see what he did with Fulham. You know what he's capable of. And and he's he, he wants that. He wanted to get back into the Premier League. He's done mm. that. He was in, you know, impressive when he got Fulham promoted in the Championship. I just think if he suddenly went there, it's a bit like, it's just piss poor. In, I, I know, in pure ambition terms. I, I know what, what you mean. I guess the way you would sell it to yourself, in terms of his reputation, and a reputation is very hard to rid yourself of in, in football, Mm -hmm. The people have a certain view of him anyway. I mean, no one ever had any doubt. No one who knows what they're talking about ever had any doubt about his coaching ability. But I wonder, again, how much higher is the, the, the ceiling? How much more would he have to do at Fulham? And what would he have to do at Fulham to make that move up there? Like, if he was going to make that incremental move up the Premier League, he never should have left Watford. Really, that was the one. And I can understand that you'd say, well, Watford, you can get fired at a moment's notice, which is true. But like, 
being a great coach is not just about what you actually do on the training pitch and what your teams do in matches. It's mm-hmm. about making the right choice at the right time. I think like Frank de Boer is a very good uh, uh, good example of that. You know, he, he made bad choices at bad mm-hmm. times in terms of Inter, in terms of Palace. And before you know it, he's trashed his reputation and it's all totally worthless. So for, I don't know, what, what does what does Silva eventually want? If he wants to be in a position where he's, you know, managing in the, I don't know, top six, top four of the Premier League, do, do we really think that's realistic? Eventually? Well, he, I mean, I, I I mean honestly... you, you clearly think that maybe that is yeah. the case. I'm, I'm not convinced. Wow. I, I do think that's the case. And it's not because I don't rate him as a coach. It's just that, you know, football's a small community. People talk. People have opinions and people have opinions that, that stick and that don't really change. It's, I think because of the way he's the way he's conducted himself in his career, like mm-hmm. I don't think two years of good results and like good work at Fulham is necessarily going to move the needle. I don't I, I think it I think it starts to move it, it moves it somewhat, and I, that's why he was heavily linked with the Spurs job. And it wouldn't be ridiculous to think that he could move mm-hmm. to say a club the size of Spurs. Yeah. I honestly don't think it is unreasonable to think in three or four years' time that Marco Silva could be managing a top six Premier League club. Or a, a, that's a, that's a, a long top... way off, though, isn't it? If if you're him and you're having that money put in front of your nose, it feels like a one a long way off. Also, when we know that he is by nature impatient, like, like look at his career so far. There's nothing to suggest yeah, that, see, that, that, that he's not. I think the one thing we we do agree, the one thing but... the one thing we do agree on now mm-hmm. is that. If he takes this deal from Al Akhli, he's made a certain choice. That he's yeah. he's he's not into the hope of that anymore, and his career Indeed. is going in one direction. Whereas Indeed. the possibility of it going in another direction still exists if he stays right. in Fulham. Definitely, but with regards to him being patient, you know, the fact is he took Fulham when they were in the Championship. He was patient enough to say, "Right, I'll but get his, you in the his, Premier League." His, his, his reputation was on the floor. He didn't have another option. He d- he didn't have another option. I think he's always got an option somewhere in Europe, as he's, he's yeah, but not a good proven. option. Well, it's a bit like Steven Gerrard at Rangers. You know, he he, he wins the league title. He has a, a a decent run in Europe, and you think you're building, you're mm. building something. You're 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 a young coach. You're, you're you're doing something there, and and then immediately takes a job because he thinks, all oh, right, I'm I'm off, and it's mm. it, and it's got something better. And you think that's a shame. With Silva, a little bit different, of course, but he's building something. And I just think to 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 chuck that all away is, uh, would would be a great shame, um, but uh, but but there we are. Um, somebody who it looks like they're off to Saudi Arabia as well is Riyad Mahrez. Um, uh, they have uh, Manchester City have reportedly reached uh, a thirty million deal with um, Al Ahly, the Saudi club, to sign him. Which now this is so an there's, interesting there's your answer. Marco Silva gets to manage Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, indeed. Well, uh, it, 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 that this is an interesting one because Riyad Mahrez still got a lot of talent in those boots and, and he's not that old for crying out loud. Mm. Um, just won a treble with Manchester City. Uh, maybe not one of the, the starting players anymore, but he certainly contributed. I mean, he's 32 years old, still got a bit mm. to offer. Um, I, pff, Andy, it, from, from, from Al Ahly's point of view, that is a great signing. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a smart bit of recruitment. Um, because he's someone who's an Arab superstar already. And mm. I, I think that, that really adds something. I, I think the way that they're going in and preying on someone who um, must be a little bit frustrated because whereas Manchester City 
would fulfil all his ambitions in terms of their level of football and their ability to win trophies. Like not getting in that team at all for the second half of last season must have been really, really frustrating, especially when you feel you're good enough. You know, after that like difficult betting in period, mm. it, he's, he's been really, really good for them. Um, I, I think in terms of his ability, as you were saying, uh, I think most players at City say he's got the best first touch at the club. You know, that, that, they, yeah. they, they'd say that straight away. You know, he's, he's an extraordinarily ta- talented player. But I wonder if City are sort of grabbing this unforeseen opportunity to refresh the squad, to pull themselves out of complacency after that that Champions League win. I mean, uh, you know, a few things like sort, sort of Ilkay Gundogan, for example, they would have liked to keep him. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah. a little bit out of their hands. But... You know, City, their thing is they always lose players who you think are irreplaceable and then they replace them with better players. And they replace them with better players without doing what, of course, that again, they offer huge wages, but they they do it without doing a PSG and going out and buying someone for 200 million. So you look at uh, Kovacic, you look at the way they're thinking of moving Bernardo Silva into midfield to um, add that little bit of extra creativity. Now, Mares might have taken his place on the on the right wing, but okay, he's not part of it. They'll go and buy someone younger and better. If, if Kyle Walker goes out to, well, not necessarily better at the moment, but who will be better for them over a number of years. You look at uh, Kyle yeah. Walker uh, potentially going to, to Bayern, 33 years old. Um, mm-hmm. If they end up replacing him with Benjamin Pavard, I think there will be people, lots of people who say that, oh, well, Pavard's not as good as Walker. Well, he's a better defender than Walker. Ooh, big talk. Um, Andy, there's been uh, a big transfer that's announced as we are recording. Aston Villa have agreed a record 59, £51.9 million pound deal for Bayer Leverkusen's Moussa Diaby. Now, he said no to Al Nasser, didn't he? Well, he did. Uh, I mean, he's only 24, so that would be particularly disappointing if he went there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, it, Unai Emery wanted uh, DRB. He was a priority. I think they've broken the Aston Villa transfer record fee yeah. now that they paid for a player. So yes, he goes uh, to surely win the Europa League at, uh, at some point uh, at Aston Villa. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> it's conference, I mean, conference league first, and, and and then off we go. I mean, I think you know. So this is a, an example of um, what what we were were talking about. That Aston Villa have said, right? How much do you want for him? That's the money we really want. This player by Leverkusen, no Aston Villa, a Premier League side. Therefore, they've got a few quid. Bang, there we go. For, for those who don't know Musa Diaby um, and haven't seen him that much, and I would put myself in, in that bracket, what are Aston Villa getting? Well, I've, I've had a few Villa fans be in touch, actually, and say we're not buying Leon Bailey all over again, are they? Are we? Because, of course, he's a, he's a, he's a left-footed, mainly right-winger. Um, Diaby's a much better player than him. Um, came through the PSG Academy, um, obviously... Um, worked with Unai Emery then, which I, I think has probably made a bit of a difference as as, as well. Um, he's a fantastic player. He had a really great great season, even better season last season under Xabi Alonso. He always had the tools, but he's really worked hard in his game since he's, he's he's been in Germany. He's absolute lightning. He's so quick, but he can make great decisions at that sort of speed. Um, Is he going to feed Oli Watkins either side? Um, no, I think he'll finish it himself. Watkins won't be just, fast he's enough he's to keep about, up with him. He's all about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think Diaby's going to be great. His view is, and you talked about, you know, making a a career decision 
about what you want to do next. Do you want to go to Saudi and and, and make all the money, or is is it something else? With with Diaby, he he wants to get in the France team. It's that simple. Yeah. Like like the Euros are on the horizon. You look at the signings that Villa are, are making. Like people out there think they're serious. You know, mm. when I say people, I mean players. And that's what matters, isn't it? For those players to think this is a serious project. He'll certainly uh, be able to have um, a lot more freedom at Aston Villa than he would at Al Nasser, <laughs> in the literal sense of the word. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, he said, uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, he claimed... Freedom to say Saudi stupid front. stuff like Cristiano Ronaldo saying. Well, only if you're promoting the regime. I love this. <laughs> the, the day after Messi signs for Inter Miami, Cristiano Ronaldo says, the Saudi Pro League's better than Major League Soccer. Sorry, who... what? Sold off. Um, well, I think he might have been set up for that question a little bit. Do you? Yeah, he, he might well have done, but he knows what he's doing. Um, there's talk that Sadio Mane mm. may join um, Al Nasser um, uh, uh, now that they can register players again. So Sadio Mane clearly fancies a bit of that as well. Mm. But sod that Saudi stuff. I want to talk about the good old US of America. Into Miami, they've got Lionel Messi, they've got Sergio Busquets. They are trying to get Jordi Alba and Andres Iniesta to join those two at the club. Come on, bloody come on. That would be the ultimate getting the band back together. Oh, wouldn't Not it even just... you could deny that, Andy. Oh, I'm, I'm not denying it's getting the band back together. <laughs> would you reckon that would be glorious, wouldn't it? I, th- I think the important thing is that you're still an Inter-Miami ultra despite the departure of Big Phil, which I think is heartwarming. When we're talking about sticking to our principles... I yeah. think that's 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 very very important. If you're asking me, am I excited about seeing um, a load of players who are mm. past their best playing together? Yes, I'm delighted about it, and they'll right. all look great in the pink. So, Indeed, yes. they will. It's like Masters football in action. <laughs> there we exactly. go. There we go. <laughs> we got that in the end, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble React. We will be back on Monday with the Football Ramble podcast. In the meantime, find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And remember to subscribe on your podcast app. The keys are in the lock. The weekend is officially Woo. open. Get your pit ball on. Good luck to the England boys in the ashes. Lots of love. Thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.